This is Carl the Jackal Frampton. Hi, this is David Healy. Hello, this is Stephen Ferris. Hi, I'm Bethany Ferris. Hi, this is Joey Barton. I'm Jonas Gutierrez. Hi, this is Harry Kewell. And you're listening to The Score. The Score with Michael Clark. And welcome along to The Score with me, Michael Clark. Coming up on this week's programme, we are previewing Northern Ireland's last two group games, Finland and Denmark on the way. We will be hearing in just a moment's time from three of Northern Ireland's players. We'll also be joined by sports journalist Keith Bailey. And with an eye on our top flight, we have two managers. They went head-to-head last weekend. Rodney McAree of Dungannon Swifts and Stuart King of Carrick Rangers. It's all coming up right here on The Score. The Score with Michael Clark. Well, hard to believe another week has come around so quickly, but here we are again for another episode of The Score. Lovely to have you along with us. And look at us now, hurtling through the month of November, almost into December, getting excited about the Boxing Day derbies, but all that for another day um, I know some of you are feeling a wee bit festive some of you are still bah humbug uh, where do you see the Christmas jumpers I've got this year oh they might appear at a football ground near you in December in December I promise uh, today we're starting with a Northern Ireland team because it's the last two games we want to end on a high it's been a really frustrating campaign further injury woes Honestly, the only sort of luck coming Michael O'Neill's way at the moment is bad luck, and don't we all know it? But we are in a very privileged position on this programme to have access to our senior international players. I think that that is something that we can be very proud of, that our players come and have a chat and want to let you know what's going on. Even when things aren't going well, they could hide away, couldn't they? Um, But we've got Dion Charles, we've got Dale Taylor coming up in just a moment, but we're going to start with... A young player that's been stepping up into one of the leaders of this squad despite his tender age of just 24. He is defensive maestro Dan Ballard. And my first question to Dan was how is he feeling heading into these final games against Finland and Denmark? Yeah, I mean, similar to every camp, we're we're excited for the games. Um, You know, it's it's been, of course, a a difficult camp leading in. we know we can't qualify now, which is which is disappointing. But you know, there's still that that same excitement to go and represent your country, and we know they've got a lot to play for in these two games. So they're going to be two great tests, and that's what you know we want as players. So the motivation is still the same, and we're going to go out and give it everything. I'm sure your manager would love to just pick the same back five. It doesn't seem to be possible. How frustrating is it that you you don't seem to be able to have a settled squad? Yeah, of course, we've had a lot of injuries, not just um, these games, the games before. So, yeah, it's been it's been difficult to sort of nail down the 11, but there's always going to be that competition and there's always going to be injuries. So, you know, there probably might be more, more players gaining more experience who, are, who haven't played as much, which is only going to help us in the future. So, although it may seem a negative, there's always, um, there's always a positive with that. And when... You know, you come off the back of the win against San Marino. Obviously, you weren't unfortunately able to follow it up with, with more points. But has that given you a bit of a lift? I guess you know, in a campaign where points have been hard to come by, you were able to show in that home game that you can keep a clean sheet, you can score goals. Yeah, I think even against the the tougher opponents in this in this group, um, you know, we've lost by fine margins a lot of the time, and. Um, of course, there's always going to be fine margins that win new games in international football, but we've showed in, in large spells and games that you know we're, we're a good team and we can compete. So um, the, the plan for these next two games is to, to go and get two results, and you know we've been close in both games against them already. So hopefully, with a bit more a bit more knowledge, having played them already, we can um, put some good performances together. 
And I'm curious to know your thoughts on the Denmark squad. We've seen Christian Eriksen and Rasmus Hoyland have pulled out. I'm sure part of you would like to have tested yourself against Hoyland. Yeah, you always want to play against the best players. Uh, yes, it's a shame they're not playing, but um, I mean, it's only going to weaken their team, I suppose. Uh, I'm sure the manager's uh, happy with that. And just finally, does any of the, the outside noise come into the camp? You know, supporters are obviously disappointed that it hasn't gone better for you. You're aware you're on the pitch. You want to do better too? Yeah, of course. And um, it's, you know, it's, it's tough see it not giving the supporters, you know, the points. And, you know, they, we see they travel to every game in large numbers. Uh, at home, the stadium's always full. So, you know, we want to do it for them. And it is disappointing with the results recently, but hopefully we can, we can pick that up soon. You can hear the determination wanting to finish on a positive note with these games and assuring us that uh, better days are ahead. If we're going to have better days, we're going to need some goals. Let's hear from someone who hopefully will be providing them. He scored a brace way back when, when we won our opening match in San Marino. Of course, I'm referring to Dion Charles. Yeah, the campaign, we've been unlucky. Um, but if you look at the squad that we've got, how many boys have made the competitive debuts for Northern Ireland, uh, how young we are, the injuries. So if you put that all into perspective, um, it's looking good for us in the future. Um, I say we're all fairly new into the squad. We've had a lot of experienced players injured, so it gives us that experience that we probably might not have had had the senior boys been fit. Um, so for me and probably most of the other boys got to take these next two games as um, experience we get to play against some of the best players in the world in, in both teams so it'll be looking forward to it and so it's just counting your blessings and keeping positive that's it yeah um, we, every game we go and play we go on there to win um, like I say every game we played in this campaign we've been we've been in it mm-hmm. and it's been now narrow defeats like 1-0 at home to Finland where we was in the game we probably had the better chances um, so we owe them one most well, certainly and you'll be hoping there's no VAR decisions going against you that's it uh, I've had a couple of them recently um, I just, for me it's getting on the pitch and hopefully getting another couple of goals and showing what I can do yeah, I mean, if we go right back to the start of the campaign and, and the game against San Marino in that brace, it's my first time speaking to you about it. So, you know, how special a moment was that for you? Uh, oh, yeah, it was incredible. Um, I've been around the squad for a bit, um, biding my time, quietly confident that if I was given the, the opportunity, I could show that I was capable of playing at this level. And thankfully enough, when Michael come in, he chose me for his first game in this campaign and I repaired him. And now I'm just looking to continue on that form. And there's a bit of competition up front as well, isn't there? There's um, people vying for spots. It's always good for a manager to have that headache, but as a forward, you want to make sure he picks you. That's it. Um, Our job as forwards is to score goals, and if I'm consistently doing it at club level, hopefully I get the nod. And how much can you bring club form into international? Because it is quite different, isn't it? Oh, yeah, it's definitely. The whole style of playing is different, but... um, you just have to stick to your job and your roles. It's fine margin international football, what I've learned. Um, so working hard and being concentrated will go a long way. And do you find your teammates kinda at Northern Ireland are, are still figuring out what type of runs you want to make, what type of forwards you are, or is that, is that something that you've been able to establish? Because I'm aware, obviously, the squads had to keep changing with players dropping in and out. That's it. Um, the, the squads have changed quite a bit yeah. with injury and stuff. Um, and you get very limited time. Um, on the pitch to create them relationships it's, uh, with travel and things like that so you don't actually get that much time so you have to work on quite a lot of the, the team shape and that um, but yeah we're, we're getting there getting there and uh, the perfect recipe would be a goal or two in these final two games just a word on your opponents um, they'll go into these matches still with something to prove and, and play for especially Denmark that's it um, they've got hopes of qualifying um, we don't want anyone celebrating qualification against us um, so we'll do everything we can to stop that The Score with Michael Clark.
Sports journalist Keith Bailey on the way right after we hear from another attacking player who is still searching for his first senior international goal, although he's getting closer, isn't he? That is Dale Taylor. I think the lads have the same, the same drive, the same motivation to go, to go and finish it off well with, two, with six points, two games to go, and I think we can do that. How easy or difficult has it been to keep positive in what seems like from the outset a frustrating campaign? Yeah, it's hard to keep positive, obviously, because we can't qualify anymore. Um, but no, I still think the lads, and it's a good group. We've got the same drive, the same energy that they had at the start. Um, and I think we can go and finish it off well. And how much have you been relishing the game time that you've been getting? It's something that you've always wanted to be an international footballer, and, and here you are in another squad. Yeah, of course. Obviously, me being, being from Tigers Bay, it's been, it's been my childhood, childhood um, dream. And getting another senior call-up is, honestly, it's the best feeling ever. And hopefully I can go out and get some more game time. And it's great recognition for what you're doing at club level. Yeah, of course. Obviously, me at Wickham, it's, it's massive. I, was, I picked up an injury... Um, a wee while back there and I wasn't in the squad but I'm finally back and fit and ready to go. And do you think you can take how well you're playing at Wickham into the international stage? Is, it, is that easy to do or is that harder than people realise? Yeah, I think it's a bit harder because international football is different to club level football. Um, but when you're playing well at your club you've got the, the motivation and the confidence to go and do, do that at any level. And we thought you got your first senior goal, obviously. Heartbreak after a little look at a monitor, but you can't be too far away. Yeah, hopefully not. Hopefully I can go out in these next two games and hopefully hopefully snatch a goal. I was, I was unlucky for the, to get ruled offside. Did you know you were offside when you hit it? Yeah, I think I did. Um, but I thought I came off the defender's leg and I thought I had a chance, but I was in an offside position, so it was, it was, it was unfortunate. One of those things, and I'm sure as a striker, you try not to let that play in your mind too much. You don't really have time to, do you? No, of course not. Obviously, me as a, as a striker, I want to go out and score goals, and that's always been the thrive. No matter club level or international football, I want to go out and score goals, and that's what I love doing. So hopefully, I can get get my next, my first senior goal, sorry, um, in these next two games. Yeah, you've got a good few at underage level, so it's just that next senior one. Um, have you been torturing Michael about starting these games? Do you get to do that when you come into Northern Ireland camp or do you just have to behave yourself? Yeah, so I just have to behave myself <laughs> and, and go and hopefully impress him in training and hopefully put the trust in him for, for him to play me again. Um, and that's it, really. And what are your thoughts on the two opponents? Um, Finland started well, maybe haven't been just as impressive recently in Denmark have hopes of qualifying? Yeah, they're they're both two top sides. You have to you have to get um, respect them in that in that in that part. Like, um, but I think us as, as a squad, we've got that drive and that energy to go out and always win, no matter what the game is. And hopefully, we can go over to Finland and pick three points up, and then come come home to Denmark and hopefully get three points in. And you know, when you look at the makeup of the squad. Half the players in it haven't ten caps yet, so you know it's it's a very young new group of players, and you're part of that, of course. What what does that feel like as you're all kind of figuring out together? I think it's all about, it's all about learning and gelling together. If I'm honest with you, um, I think that's really important. Obviously, there's a lot of young players, me included, and I think it's just about learning off the senior players and speaking to them and speaking to the staff, and I think that's the most important thing. And just finally, I want to ask you about Ross McCausland. Very excited for him to be part of this. Uh, he had a goal disallowed as well. I couldn't believe that, but a very good first start for Rangers. Um, how much will this mean to him and how excited are you to see him part of this squad? Yeah, well, I grew up with Ross at Linfield. Um, I'm, ver- I'm very close with him. Um, I watched his game for Rangers the other day and he was absolutely outstanding. And he deserved a man of match, in my, my opinion. So big credit to him. And... Um, as I say, he's got a, he's got a senior call up. We chatted about it when we were younger boys about one day um, being in the senior squad together. I know I'm I'm really proud for him. I'm really happy for him and his family that he's got the call up. Have you given him any advice about what uh, what to do now he's in the squad? No, I think he just needs to go go and be him. You know what I mean? He's he's a top player. Um, I think he just needs to go be himself, and he'll be completely fine. Well, that's what the Northern Ireland players have had to say. Let's get the thoughts of sports journalist for the Belfast Telegraph and friend of the programme, Keith Bailey. Keith, always a pleasure to have you on the score. Always good to be here. Thanks, Michael. What are your thoughts? Um, We've listened to Dan Ballard, to Dion Charles and Dale Taylor all try and paint a positive picture ahead of these last couple of games in the qualifying campaign. 
what are your thoughts at this stage? I'm sure some supporters are finding it hard to be too enthused going into these remaining matches. Yeah, it all feels very um, low-key, I think is perhaps the, the phrase from it, um, and a little bit downbeat as well. I mean, there's a pretty real possibility that we will, that Northern Ireland will lose these uh, next few fixtures. Of course, Finland at 5 o'clock, um, Denmark at, back at Windsor Park on, on the Monday night. Um, two difficult enough games, obviously, two sides that have already defeated us in the campaign. Um, and if you look at it, and if you lose both those games, then you're looking at a campaign where all is you've managed to achieve is beat San Marino home and away. And well, that's almost a given. San Marino are, are you know not as good as as most, if not all, Irish league teams. So it's really a campaign that we'll look back on as as maybe one of our worst ever if we can't pull off uh, a result in either of these two games. And and can we pull off a result in either of these two games? Well, you never know, but it's not looking good. I mean, there's, I think, upwards of 12 senior first-team players missing from this squad. Um, So it's going to be incredibly difficult. Um, You know, obviously, those sort of injury problems give other people opportunities to shine. Um, And we've seen in the past... You know, Paul Smith, for example, in the last round fixtures, he's one of the ones who's injured again this time, of course. But he took that that chance last time. Conor McMenamin in the past has taken it. You know, maybe somebody like Ross McCausland will, will grab it now, and and uh, or Dale Taylor, and really make an impression. Um, but it's hard to be optimistic going into it. I, I tell you who I really feel sorry for, Michael. That has to be Tommy Wright. Tommy Wright is, of course, preparing his Northern Ireland under twenty ones to to play England on Tuesday night and uh, well he's been stripped of several of his players who've had to join the, the senior squad to prepare for the games against uh, Finland and Denmark now he may get some of those back because obviously the game is on the, the Tuesday night after the two senior internationals but he wouldn't have had even if that happens he wouldn't have had the time to prepare with them so yeah <laughs> he's got a very daunting task on his, on his hands and it's been made a lot more difficult by the amount of injuries to the senior squad Yes, and this injury list, you know, Bailey Peacock-Farrell out, uh, which we thought was coming when his club manager says, well, he hasn't been able to play for us. It was like, well, there's a precursor. Uh, Johnny Evans, of course, pulled up for Man United. Paddy Lane, Paul Smith, Brad Lyons, you know, all the, the players you can think of nearly. It's near, I'm sure Michael O'Neill is afraid to look at anybody in case they fall over with an injury next. Um, in terms of the, the players that have been called up, Ross McCausland after his first start for Rangers he impressed in that um, goalkeeper Stephen McMullen Terry Devlin uh, Michael Forbes Killen Boyd Monts uh, are any of these players likely to get minutes or are they essentially padding out the squad? Well there's been that many injuries that you know there probably is a possibility that some of them will get minutes I, I suspect you know Stephen McMullen obviously won't play he's a third choice goalkeeper he's, he is really you know making up the numbers and, and sometimes in that situation I wonder would you be better calling in and somebody like Chris Johns to, to you know, take that that third spot and then allow Stephen McMullen to focus on playing for the under twenty ones. But you know, Michael O'Neill knows what he's doing, so far be it for me to question. But um, yeah, will those players get game time? I think Ross McCallum probably will. I think that he is he showed enough, and I know he hasn't played a lot for Rangers, but he has showed enough to suggest that he's got something about him. Also. He, he plays in a similar position to Paul Smith and Paul Smith is out of the squad so th- there is an opportunity there um, although you know Jordan Jones is, is another man who, who plays in that position but I think you might see Ross McCallson as for the other ones I wouldn't be I wouldn't be so sure um, you know somebody like Michael Forbes it's a real risk dropping a teenager into an international game against two decent teams who's a centre back you know that's something you can get away with maybe if they're a winger but centre back it's, it's a big big risk um, so I suspect you, you won't see him and and if you look at some of the ones that have been called up McCausland and Forbes are, are prime examples um, you know they're not regulars in any shape or form at club football you know McCausland's just broken through and, and has featured a little bit but you know Forbes and, and even Marshall um, they're yet to make their West Ham debut so um, and, and even Terry Devlin hasn't been a regular at Ports, Portsmouth yet so these are guys that are on the fringes of, of their their first team squads um, so yeah I'm not sure how much you'll see of them just yet Are you surprised therefore that someone like a Joel Cooper hasn't been given a chance here? Well funny we were in the press conference for the squad announcement um, what about a week ago now obviously there's been injuries since then so you can make the argument that, that Joel Cooper could have been called in but uh, um, he made 
Michael O'Neill made a very a very thorough argument when he was asked about why Joe Cooper wasn't in the squad considering his fantastic exploits for Linfield this season and he made the point that he would prefer to call in a younger player who has their career ahead of them and is more likely to be a Northern Ireland player come four or six years time you know he's already very much talking about building a squad for Euro 2028 a tournament we hope to not only qualify for but host um, and he's already thinking in that direction so for him if you, and if you take it like this is probably a wide midfield position is what we, we needed cover for when Paul Smith dropped out it was maybe a straight choice between McCallson and Cooper well he would say that it's better to give somebody like Ross and Collison the chance because they have the opportunity to go on and become a better player and become a top class player for us whereas Joel Cooper is you know in his what late 20s I think at this stage um, and probably is at his peak and you might get a better immediate impact from him but for the future of the the nation for the future of the national team you know it's probably better to invest in young players so that was his outlook and, and to be fair to him I think there's quite a lot of sense in that but if you take it back a couple of years I think if you apply that logic, Conor McManaman never would have got his first chance uh, in the Northern Ireland team. It was Ian Barclough, of course, who called him up when he was a Glentoran player and doing so well for Glentoran. Um, I think if you apply that same logic, Michael O'Neill in this circumstance wouldn't have called McManaman up and then maybe he never would have got his move to St. Mirren, so, so who knows. But I think from O'Neill's perspective, you know, Joel's already been across the water, got his chance and didn't work out. So I think he's, he prefers to focus on, on younger names. It's always such an interesting way of looking at it, isn't it? Because on one hand, Northern Ireland fans and indeed maybe you know some of the personnel are, are going, we're, we're so hard done by with injuries and then potentially not picking some of the better players available to them. You know, how, how do you square both those things up? You don't want to lose any more games, but equally you're going to pick players who you're saying, this is one for the future. Yeah, this is it. But, you know, Michael is very, he was very adamant in his press conference. There's nobody can knock on my door and say they deserve to be in the squad. And and he's maybe got a point in that. You kind of think of names like, I don't know, Alfie McComant or Ethan Galbraith, who are relatively young players like that, who are playing football league at the moment. But, you know, those guys probably haven't kicked on the way we, we might have expected them to. Um, so yeah, it, it isn't. It isn't like O'Neill is leaving out some really top class players to, to bring through these young players. Um, he, he's leaving out guys who are playing Irish League or, or League Two. Um, so I think there is a fair bit of logic in what he's doing and trying to and trying to bring through the Dale Taylors and and the Cal Marshalls of this world and, and blood them into the squad because realistically they're the future and. And, and without wanting to be disrespectful to Joe Cooper, who is absolutely magnificent in Irish league terms, he probably is in the future. Let's talk about the opponents, right? Finland, October losses to Slovenia and Kazakhstan. Very disappointing for them. It's going to be their last home game of the year in Helsinki. Uh, but they do know that come March time, they'll be in the uh, playoffs for the Euros because of how they've done in the Nations League. So on one hand, they want to end the year at home on a high. On the other hand, this match doesn't really matter to them. Um, <laughs> I'm trying to find positives for Northern Ireland here, Keith. Will they just go in and go, meh, who cares? Yeah, I mean, they are a team who um, have not impressed me. I mean, I, they obviously won 1-0 at Windsor Park way back when at the start of the campaign, um, but they weren't particularly impressive that night. You know, that was a game that could have went either way. Obviously, they've got a playoff, you know, up their back pocket in terms of uh, how they did in the Nations League. And, and to me, that kind of underlines, like, how achievable it is to get a playoff or how achievable it is to qualify for these Euros if teams, like, as poor as Finland are kind of knocking on the door of it. But, yeah, you have to accept that they're a step above us and, and their results throughout the campaign demonstrate that. They have been competitive where we haven't necessarily been competitive. Um They've done a little bit more than just beat San Marino, which is all we we've managed. So um, yeah, they are they are clear they are clear favourites. I think that that's fair to say. I'm sure they will take it seriously. They'll want to they'll want to build on that points tally. They've got they've got 12 points as it is. Obviously, you know, six came against San Marino and, and three came against us. But you know, they, they've a a chance there to, to add another win to it. So. I, um, I'm sure they will be keen to, to end the, the campaign in front of their own fans on a bit of a high. 
and then on to Denmark on Monday and are we all basically just hoping Denmark beats Slovenia have already qualified and come to Belfast on a bit of a jolly well this is it yeah I mean some might argue that Denmark could uh, could beat us anyway even after a few pints but um, <laughs> I, I don't know maybe there's another th- element to it if you want to look at it another way it will make it a more exciting night if uh, Denmark still have to do something to, to qualify but I mean I, mean, I think that um, they're, they're basically on their way anyway they've, they shouldn't have any difficulty in, in sewing up the results they need to qualify and um, you know I, I think that there's any combination that they could play from their squad and they'd still be clear favourite speed us but you never know I mean I, I can think back to the, the depths of the, the 2014 qualifying campaign when Northern Ireland were, were equally poor it was a different situation because we had a, a more experienced team than, than we have now but the results were, were probably equally poor and out of nowhere you know we pulled off a win against Russia at home um, which nobody expected and it gave everybody a bit of a lift going forward so so maybe we could have another night like that at, at Windsor Park. Um, I asked Michael O'Neill about that, and he said he didn't think it, it was vital. Um, it's not vital, but it would certainly give everybody a lift and, and raise spurts. And I think that would be a nice thing going into the new year because next year's not a particularly exciting year, if we're being honest. For Northern Ireland fans, you've got two friendlies in March and two friendlies in June. Um, they, they're yet to be confirmed yet, and then you've got you know, the Six Nations League games in the autumn. So it's not exactly a year. 2024 to get excited about so a wee win against Denmark just give everybody a lift and now we're going well we better play well in that Nations League because look at how it's helped nations like Finland for example and in our group uh, Kazakhstan also assured of at least a playoff spot and they're trying to put the pressure on Denmark you would expect them to beat San Marino and then there's a point behind Denmark before Denmark and Slovenia play so uh, Denmark need a win from one of their last two games by the looks of things um, have you seen any little shoots of optimism here that you know going into next year in the Nations League we should we should be starting to kick on a little bit or is it just simply with the squad available what did you expect don't look too far into it there are green shoots of recovery there but you know it's going to be a while before they sprout if that makes sense I think we have some really talented young players Connor Bradley is the obvious one but you know even Tam Ballard, for me, he's he's 24. He's the oldest of them, but he you know he looks like a, a super centre back, and and you know even Ross McCausland, Cal Marshall looks like I mean again he's only playing youth level at West Ham, but when you see the the clips of the goals he scored for for West Ham at, at under 20 on level, I mean it's hard not to get excited about that. There is a really exciting group of players aged between 24 and 18 that could go on to form the nucleus of a really good Northern Ireland team but we haven't seen it in this campaign and I don't think we're going to see it in the Nations League because that's only a year away that's going to come too quickly off the back of that you're into the World Cup qualifiers in 2025 we're going to be in pot 5 almost certainly we're going to get a really difficult grip almost certainly we're not going to get the the same luck twice in a row Um, and, and there's a far fewer World Cup qualifying places available and there are Euro qualifying places available so the, the odds of us qualifying for the World Cup in, in USA, Canada, Mexico are next to none so what you're actually going to get is another campaign after this of, of blooding young talent what this is all driving towards is having a team that is capable of qualifying assuming they have to qualify and doing well at Euro 2028 like that is everything Northern Ireland do now. Everything Michael O'Neill does, everything IFA are doing or aiming is aiming towards qualifying, being part of that tournament, which will be hosted across UK and Ireland, because that would be su- just such a massive thing for Northern Irish football, whether Casey's built or not. Um, so I think there are green shoots there, but it's going to be another three or four years before we really see the benefit of it. Okay, realistic uh, look on that. And Keith, just bring it to the uh, Irish League and the Sports Direct Premiership. One game taking place uh, Friday night, 8 o'clock kickoff. Larne against Coleraine. Some people might be saying, uh, why is there any league matches happening on the same night as an international match? But um, uh, it, it will be afterwards, of course. So maybe Larne are hoping all their fans will uh, come down, watch the game, and then hang around for their match maybe the timing isn't so bad but more importantly for Lauren, it's a chance to go just two points behind Linfield after they were victorious at Windsor Park last week and they look like they are 
in really good form at the moment. Yeah, Lorna are really bubbling away nicely, aren't they? I mean, um, like you say, this is a massive opportunity for them with with Linfield and Crusaders being postponed due to international call-ups. It's a great chance for Lauren to, to cut a lead that looked like it could, could go to 11 points this time last week. Um, Linfield, let's not forget, we won the up against Lauren. All of a sudden, that's only two points. I mean, that is a huge swing, and that's a little bit false because obviously Linfield would have a, a game in hand, and you know that 11-point lead never actually existed. It was, it was something that was possible but didn't come to fruition. Um, but Lauren are playing great stuff I mean I was really impressed with their performance at Windsor Park and I think it's worth saying I didn't think in any way Linfield were poor in that game um, it, it was two really good teams well drilled teams with good tactical intelligence going head to head and for me what won up for Lauren in the end was the fact that they had a little bit more depth well probably quite a lot more depth coming off their bench um, in terms of being able to bring players like Lee Bonas and Andy Ryan on whereas you looked at Linfield and they were bringing on you know, relatively young players and, and Josh Archer and, and Reese Anna. And that is that is where Lauren have something over Linfield. I think Linfield probably starting eleven is maybe is maybe slightly above Lauren at, at this moment. But there is depth there that Lauren have that Linfield don't have. Um and you and I'm sure you'll see David Haley uh spring into action in, in the January transfer window to try and, and kind of change that. But um, I think we we should have an intriguing title race, and and Lauren really need to make this game on Friday night count because I'm sure anyone who saw Coleraine and Glen Torn on Monday night, if they managed to stay awake for the full 90 minutes, well, probably came to the conclusion that that was two relatively poor teams for for top half hour league sides. But actually, Glen Torn were the better of the two, and Coleraine don't look great at the moment. Which of course everyone's begging up Lauren, everyone's rubbishing Coleraine, so uh, watch out. Yeah, well, this is it. You know, you never know with Irish League football. You get <laughs> shocks when you least expect it. And, and when you've got somebody like Connor McKendry in the squad, who obviously he missed the Glen Torren game through uh, through suspension on Monday night, he'll be fresh. He's somebody who could who could come back and haunt this old team. He definitely has the ability. He was uh, Football Writers Player of the Month and uh, Goal of the Month. So, yeah, I think that um, they do have that ace up their sleeve. But I'm, I'm still back in Lauren. Okay, and just finally then, let's uh, rattle through your predictions for the top flight. So you're, you're saying Lauren against Coleraine, just to confirm that one? We'll go for 2-0 to, to Lauren. Okay, 2-0 to Lauren. Dungannon, Swifts, Newry City? Yeah, I mean, that's that's two teams neither are, are particularly on great form. Um, I think that Dungannon have a wee bit more about them, so I'm going to go for a, a 1-0 win to the Swifts. Rodney Macquarie's on the programme shortly, so I'm sure he'll be very happy to hear you say that. At Glenavon, Lockall? Again, um, I think Glenavon, obviously Lockall have smashed and start of the season and, and they're still overperforming in, uh, in my book. But Glenavon seemed to have turned around a wee bit under, under Stephen McConnelly. He's certainly had an impact there. So, again, I think a low-scoring one. I think I'm going to go for a 1-0 win to Glenavon. Okay, and Warren Feeney, a man who uh, feels like he's under pressure. Certainly, fans aren't happy against a, a Balamina team that have uh, well plenty of woes. Their manager was uh, wasn't behi- hiding behind anything, was he? When he was talking about their performance last time out, uh, they head to the Oval as as big underdogs. Um, what way will this one go? Oh, Glentoran have to win. I mean, I, I would hate to be at the Oval. On, on five o'clock on Saturday, if if Balamina causes a shock there, or even if it's a draw, I mean, it, it would turn really poisonous. We've all seen that in the past. Um, Glentoran fans are really unhappy with with Warren Feeney, um, which is it, it kind of felt like that was the way it was before he'd even taken charge of a game. But now that there's been a few poor results, they're gunning for him, and, and the Oval's never a nice place when when it's in that situation. Uh, it seems to come about maybe once a year, um, if not more often than that when the manager comes under serious pressure um, actually in this case I, I think Balmain are just a poor team and, and Glen Torn will have too much for them even though they've been a little underwhelming so I'm going to say uh, 2-1 the Glen Torn. and our last prediction uh, Stuart King also coming on to the programme shortly Carrick Rangers against Cliftonville it's a Sunday 2 o'clock game so don't be showing up 3 o'clock on Saturday you'll be a day early yeah, that, that's uh, it's always good to have a, a Sunday game. I quite like having the, the fixture spread out over the weekend. 
um, character rangers. I don't know if I buy part of character, I get to vote who plays in goal, or like, uh, you know, is there an option there to, to like uh, change the color of the kit or something? I'm not quite. Oh, sure. pick me, pick me. Um, but uh, I, I don't know. I, I don't know if all the the fan ownership in the world could change the result. And sorry, I, I fancy, I fancy Clifton will win. But you know, it's always tough at Taylor's Avenue. Uh, but I still think Clifton will come through, and I'll say two on the Reds. Keith, always great having you on the show. Thank you very much for your insight and maybe uh, bringing us all back down to earth with Northern Ireland. We should we should ease off them a little bit and just let the kids uh, do it in time. You're not going to expect miracles overnight. No, that's it. We um, I think it's important to to kind of have a little bit of patience with this team. I mean, it, it's a different situation. I remember going back to the Nigel Worthington days where there was a lot of frustration with the results and you need to look back at that and go well that was a different situation because we had experienced players like Gareth McCauley and Steve Davis who were kind of at the, the peak of their powers um, we don't have that now so these results although they're similar to what they were at that time they're in fact they're worse than what they were at that time we we need to just kind of live with it for a little bit and, and go through a bit of pain with the hope that that uh, there will be some joy at the end of it when when these young players get a bit more experience under their belt. Okay, Keith, thank you very much for coming on to the score. The score with Michael Clark. So there we go. We had the thoughts of sports journalist Keith Bailey, and he's predicting a win for Dungannon this weekend. Uh, Dungannon Swiss boss Rodney Macquarie's on the show now. Rodney, I'm sure you're you're hoping that Keith is going to be uh, Mystic Meg. I'm hoping so. Um, Keith knows a wee bit about football, so hopefully he gets this one right at the weekend. With how the cup form has been going, I'm sure you want to try and take that and bring it into the league because you you know you're now in the final of uh, the Mid Ulster Cup and you're progressing in the League Cup. Yeah, um, we got a good win on Tuesday night against Glenavon um, in extra time, albeit. But it's nice to win games of football. It's nice to get a final of a cup, or it, no matter what cup it is. Uh, so it maybe gives us a little bit of a lift. We've we've done well in the league cup also. So we just our performance on Tuesday night maybe wasn't as good as what our performance has been in the previous three league games, and, and we never picked up a, a a point in any of those three league games. So. Hopefully we get a wee bit of fortune and a wee bit of a, a wee bit of good luck along the way that can that can turn the cup form into league points. How have you found the the season so far? Because it it just seems so incredibly tight at the bottom of the table for for all parties involved. But you're in that position at the moment where currently you're in bottom place. Yeah, it's been difficult. Um, it's, it, but having said, it's been difficult. It's been very enjoyable in a way because. We feel as if we're, we're we're doing okay in terms of performances. We've we've a good we've good spirit amongst the camp. We've there's a good atmosphere in around the dressing room. Um, we feel as if we need a little bit as as I've already said a little bit of lady luck along the way. Um, we've we've had some very very good results in terms of picking up points and results against teams in the top six. Um, and on the flip side of that, we've we've done poorly against the teams in the bottom six. And, uh, re- realistically, for us, they're the, they're the games that matter the most. We we have to pick more points up against the other teams in the bottom six if if we're going to survive. And this weekend, that's an opportunity to do that. It's a, a really important game for that reason at home to Newry City. Yeah, um, listen, you, you said going into every Irish League game is going to be a tough game. It's maybe a game that that Newry will look at and and think that they can come to Stangmore and get a good result as well. So. I've I've great faith in, in the players that I'm working with. I see them in a regular occurrence. I know what they can deliver. I know that, I know what they can be. Um, we've maybe missed out in key areas and in, in terms of injuries so far this season, but we're we're slowly getting back to a to a very full squad. And and I've complete faith in them. And if they they turn up and they deliver the performance that you know that they can do, I, I think we'll we'll will do very well to to get something off us. And there's still such a long way to go, so I suppose no matter who wins this game, if either of you do, because it could, of course, be a draw, but um, it's not going to determine anything, and yet you don't want to be in the wrong end of this result and, and see a gap widening between any of those teams that are, uh, dare I say the old term, relegation rivals or anything like that in the fight for survival. Yeah, it's, uh, there's, there's a long way to go. It's it's still only the middle of November, but listen, as, as you keep saying things like that, then obviously the season season starts to shorten. Mm-hmm. Um, you don't want a gap opening up. I think we're now, Glenavon have won three games in the trot, um, three league games in the trot, which give them a good nine points, and, and that has opened up a gap between us and them of seven points. So 
you don't want to see that gap widening anymore. You want to keep as many teams if we're if we're going to be down around the bottom. You want to try and keep as many teams involved in that as possible. So, so that's up to us to 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 pick the points up, to stay in touch with teams above us, try to catch the team above us, try to bypass the team above us, and and ultimately see where that takes us. Are all the bottom half teams writing to lock all? Saint Dean Smith, you're you're putting us under an awful lot of pressure here, having such a good season. Yeah, they've been fantastic. Fair play to them. Um, Dean's done a good job over the years that he's been there. Um, like seven years, something I read maybe the other, yep. year, the other day. So he's done a great job. Um, he's took them, he's took them to the, the dizzy heights of where they are now in the Premiership, and and they're not they're certainly not being overrun or overawed by anything that they come up against. Um, I always think that the team come, who who come up have just spent a season winning games of football, so the, the, they've developed that little bit of a habit. And, and they've kicked into this season with the same sort of form and they've managed to keep that momentum going. So, hey, listen, fair play to them. And your game down there next week is a, is a tea time kickoff. It's a 5.45, an interesting time uh, for that one. What do you think about a... Well, uh, probably having to have your dinner at lunch. <laughs> it's um, it's going to be interesting, obviously, looking at it to try and, and generate more more of a crowd, more of an atmosphere. Um with the like of the, the Port of Downs and Glenavons and Armaz, who's all in the local area, um, maybe all taken off at three o'clock, and maybe you can attract a few neutrals who come and watch it as well. But it, listen, it's interesting. It's um, it's going to be under the floodlights, which most most games are at this moment uh, moment in time at this stage of the season. Um, but it's going to be interesting. It's a local derby, um, and that's one that we look forward to after the New Year game. And talk to me about you know the cup progress because it's it's Newry City uh, again standing in your way in the Bat McLean Cup uh, and and you've you're waiting to find out who you're going to play in the Mid Ulster Cup final between Portadown and Lockall that we've just been speaking about you know how important are these cup competitions uh, this season and and what would silverware mean because obviously uh, I'm sure you'll you'll happily relive this memory the League Cup has uh, has a special place in your heart after the efforts uh, five years ago. Yeah, and they were, they're good memories, and they're, they're, it's, it's it's moments like that that you want to you want to experience more more often. Um, it's it's not going to be easy. Uh, we had a very difficult match against Cliftonville, but we went into we went into it with a game plan and and a belief that we could we could get a positive result out of it. Um, and we it was a it was a fantastic win for ourselves, and I thought we thoroughly deserved it. Uh, whenever you're going into the quarter final, then all you're all you're hoping for is a is a home draw. Um, and, and we've managed to get that with Newry, uh, another Middle Ulster derby for us um, in a cup competition. So it's uh, it's it's going to be difficult, but it's we want to give ourselves an opportunity of going into a in the semi final, and we want to try our best to to be facing the like of a, a Linfield or an Arn in the semi final, and and let's see where that takes us from there. Sometimes people talk about you know cups being a distraction, but if the the season has been challenging, sometimes they can also be quite good for togetherness, can't they? They they give everybody they, they nearly galvanise a squad. It takes a little bit of pressure off us in terms of um, you don't have to worry about your three points, you don't have to worry about losing ground on on teams above us. At the end of the day, the leagues the, the leagues your bread and butter. That's the it's the main focus. It has to be where we set our sights firmly on in terms of finishing as high up the table as we possibly can and away from that bottom two positions. Um, but they, it, it, they are something to look forward to. They, give, they do give yourself an opportunity where you, you have something to look forward to if you'd be successful. And, and to be in the final of the League Cup would be would be a remarkable achievement for ourselves, but we have a long way to go to we get there. But um, while we're still in the competition, we may as well, we may as well continue to dream. And everyone talks about, you know, when you look at January being so important for the teams pushing for the title, but in the bottom half, um, a little bit of business here or there can make all the difference. Are you already having a look at uh, what options might be around? Uh, well, we'll obviously keep a lookout and see what we have. We've, uh, from my point of view, we signed we signed two players on the on deadline day and, and Gail Biggeramana and Tomas Maguire and, and there were two fantastic players and there were two opportunities that we couldn't really pass up. So we have a we have a relatively big squad at this moment in time. So it could be a case that that we maybe be losing we maybe be losing two or three. Um we certainly have to lose two or three or four before we'd be able to bring in one. Um <clears throat> but getting that right one might determine how we how we finish the season off and how we do from now to the end of the year. 
and just um, your thoughts on the game last time out. We're going to hear from the Carrick Rangers boss Stuart King shortly. Um, it's a game that you know a lot of people are talking about that penalty decision potentially being the moment the match swung. Uh, I thought the match won sort of half time whenever we went off the pitch we were very good for the first 45 minutes and overall I was pleased with our performance um, whereas the penalty was, was maybe a little bit soft I, th- I thought we give the officials an opportunity to make a decision where we didn't need to make that we didn't need to give them that decision to make um, I think if we had been a little bit more patient in our in our defending and stood up I don't overly think Curtis was going too far but Listen. Sometimes you get those penalties. Sometimes you don't. Um. Unfortunately for us, this past way we we've we've missed out on on a couple which we feel as if we've could we could have got. Um. But over the course of the season, hopefully that sort of balances itself out. Careful, nice. So I think you're arguing for VAR. <laughs> I'm not overly sure whether I'm VAR or not. Um. I'm not overly sure whether I'm a big fan of it or not. But listen, if it got us more points over the juries in the season, then I might be happy enough to see it come in. <laughs> Answered like a true manager, Rodney McAree. Pleasure having you on the program as always. Thank you very much for coming on to the score. Thank you, Michael. The score with Michael Clark. Well, it's time to get our next guest on to the programme and he is the manager of Carrick Rangers, Stuart King. How are you? I'm good, mate. Thanks for having me again. Great to have you on the programme and I know you're a very happy man. I was watching the celebrations at Stangmore. I felt like uh, you and Nettis, you just needed the Titanic music to play. <laughs> I said to him, I know obviously we had a chat, obviously it didn't start him, so we've had a chat and I told him if he scores, he can run over and we'll celebrate together, so... Yeah, the big man done the business when he came on and um, yeah, delighted to get the three points. Because looking at the table, it is so incredibly tight. You, you want to be pushing into that conversation about those teams in the middle chunk, but you know, I, I'm sure you're also aware of how close everyone just over your shoulder is as well. Yeah, listen, it's been up and down. Um, we've had some absolutely amazing results, but we've also had some disappointing days too, so... Yeah, we know on our day we're, we're more capable of getting results against anybody, but um, yeah, there's some poor, especially some poor results at home that, that have really affected us. And um, listen, that, that result last week was massive because that obviously opened up a, a, quite a big gap now between us and the bottom, bottom one or two. So um, yeah, we've got to look forward and, and, and try to keep on trying to get as many points as we can. And um, we're on course and now at the moment. They, they hopefully do a wee bit better than we did last year. And how do you keep, <clears throat> excuse me, everybody positive when you've had some of those results? Because you, you get those big, big performances against the best teams and then against some of the sides you might be favoured against. It hasn't always gone your way. Uh, exactly. Listen, I have to be positive. I'm not positive and no one else is going to be positive at the football club. Um, I, Jenny, I think if we take a step back, I think we've been a victim of our own success. I think we've improved the place um, big style from when we first took over and I think if if we take a step back and, and see the overall picture of the season so far, it has again been one of improvement where we've where we've got some really good results. But on a, on a points tally, I think that we're on course to beat what we done last year. Now we know it's not going to be easy to do that, but at the moment we're in a position to do they, they try to improve. Um, some of the games at home have been haven't been good enough, and we fully accept that. But if if we had got results, and, and it's a big if. No, we could be sitting really pretty in a really positive position because we're not that far off. No, one or two teams above us now, so listen, we'll just keep on trying to grind out results. And we know we have a few hard games coming up now in the next couple of weeks, but we've got exciting games to come up between. We've got a semi final to look forward to. We've got league games where we hopefully we can go and get more points and, and try to keep on improving. And first off, try and try and get the 10 wins that we, we, I think we need every season to start off with and, and then we'll try to add to that and see how we get on And what is the target this season and is it any different than what you were setting out to do last year? It's just gradual improvement that's 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 my job my job is they, they try to improve the club overall you know, we've now got the semi-final um, which, which I haven't done um, as a manager of a senior senior, senior team so We've we've done that. We now we've got to try to get the final, and obviously I'm, I'm just trying to get as many points as I can and try to improve on my points tally that we did last year. That's that's my, my job. I try to improve everything from top to bottom of the football club, and um, 
that's hopefully what I'll be judged on you know, every season and as long as I know I'm improving the place then it, it sits right with me because there's nobody working harder in my opinion than, than what I'm doing to try to improve my football club and um, hopefully the hard work will, will pay off in the, in the end And the County Underham Shield semi-final of course is the one you're alluding to as part of your journey to get there you beat the team you're playing this Sunday Cliftonville that was a, a 3-2 win so uh, more of the same <laughs> yeah, it's, it's not as easy as that. Yeah, we, we were fantastic that night. You know, um, we, like they're one of the best clubs in the country. They, they've got real talented players. They're full of real high-level players at, at the Irish League, and um, they're up there fighting at the, at the top of the table. So, listen, we know it's not going to be easy. It's it, it's a wee bit different playing on a Sunday afternoon, and we've got to prepare a wee bit different and, and change our schedule a wee bit. But we know. We know on our day we can we can compete with them teams. Um, just just hopefully we're we're on it that day because listen, as I say, we we just trying to get as many points as we can as early as possible. And do you mind the the different day for the match? I'm not not necessarily saying do you object to Sundays, but just you know, would you rather games were Saturdays if if possible? Without doubt, um, I think Friday nights are a real killer for um, part time teams. I, I don't mind part-time teams playing part-time teams on a Friday night but I think it's a real advantage for the senior teams or the, the full-time teams that are playing Friday nights they're sitting in hotels in, on Friday afternoons and having their pre-matches and stuff where my lads and myself are all even working and, and rushing down the away games so yeah Friday nights are a bit of a killer Sunday's a wee bit different I, I don't I don't mind that as much because obviously we're sort of all sort of in the same boat most of my lads don't work on Sunday so um that's a wee bit different, but yeah, I, I'm not a, not a, not in favour at all of um, Friday nights against the big boys. Well, I'll understand then if you're ever cranky talking to me on a Friday night. Not that you ever are, in fairness to you. Uh, <laughs> you know, looking at uh, this game, you don't need motivation uh, going into any match. But having the the confidence of the results you've had against some of the top teams this season, it must do, particularly some of the younger players of the world, a good to to see where you're trying to get them that they can do this and that they have been doing it. Yeah, my, my young players are developing massively. They've, they've really improved over the last year or two. I think they've got to learn and they've got to get, get confidence from some of the results we've had, especially when we're not expected to get that. I think a part of that is that obviously the bigger teams come to us and, and they don't sit in. You know, when we've gone on a goal down against the teams around us, especially at home when they've sat in, we find it, we've found it hard to break them down and we've found it hard to score goals, whereas... We've scored plenty of goals against teams that are, that are quite willing to come out and, and play against us. So, um, listen, we know it's not going to be easy. We know they're they're top top drawer team, but my young lads should be taking um, real strength from some of their performances so far this season, and 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 they know if they can get more consistent in their in their play, then they'll have a successful season, and obviously they'll improve as more and more as players. The funny thing about the league table and, and maybe you know when you, you look through the columns and try and assess the numbers is you can nearly be misled by the the facts of it all because you look at conceded forty one goals and you know one game in particular does a lot of heavy lifting there. But are you happy with your defence overall this season? I think we're conceding too many. I think I've talked about that quite quite openly. Um, as a group, we've talked about that quite openly. Obviously, we take it be that one eight nine and. I never want to go through that again. You know what I mean. But if you if you take that game out of it, I think our our um, levels and our our goal difference wouldn't be as bad as what it, it first seems. You know, we're now back at a level with the teams around us, and if you take away that nine, then we'd, we'd be quite healthy compared to the teams around us. So, yeah, listen, we're scoring plenty of goals. That's that's sort of been the been the difference. Yeah, we maybe can see them one or two, and then some of the goals we're giving away are, are aren't, aren't good enough, and we know that. But as, that's as a team but as a team as well we're all being quite open and we're scoring plenty of goals so um, we look at it as a, together as a collective and hopefully we can we can shut up shop a wee bit more because when we first came in we based our our, our team round clean sheets and, and defence and our defensive record um, it's been a wee bit different this year where we're scoring plenty of goals We've seen the response from that game but that, that night at Seaview um, just how how tough was that for you? I can't imagine that that, that was uh, that that's an experience you'll ever want to relive. Oh, it was horrible. It was a horrible week. It was um, obviously there was a big build up with obviously the, the, the new owner coming that day and it got released that day and then 
I think it was just one of them days where we, everyone, including myself and the, and the lads and the staff or whatever, all took right off the ball. And <laughs> to be fair, the Crusaders everything they had ended up in the back of the net. But I never want to stand on the sideline and feel that again. You no, know, when you're, I can be brutally open and honest here. Well, it was nine out with 78 minutes to go. I was dreading the last six minutes. And then I had Stephen asking for 11 minutes injury time, which didn't help either. <laughs> but um, yeah, it, it wasn't nice at all. Um, and I was at a real low, real, real low. But the thing about football is that you can get picked up straight away. You can, you can either sit and move about it, or you can be, you can, you can dust yourself down, take it in the chin, and and try to regroup and try to get your boys to react positively. Which, to be fair to my lads, this season when they've had a bad result, they've bounced off, bounced back amazingly, and for us then to go the following week day and feel and, and score three goals and, and get a result which was absolutely huge and the response is the lads deserve amazing credit for that because I needed picked up and sometimes you look at the people around you to do that and staff are amazing with me and um, my, my players are the ones that are doing it and they're the ones going across the line they, they fight and I think 99 times out of 100 my players show what I show that they want to fight for me and give me everything and they deserve massive credit for them them performances and we've seen that even you know in the, some of the high scoring games you think of the 4-3 down at Loch all last week you know 3-2 at Dungannon being able to to get over the line in games um, you know even even when they're tricky you know having to roll your sleeves up but getting the win is, uh, is, a, is a positive sign I'm sure you, you know everyone's going to point to the wins against Glentoran two of them uh, to your credit but um, nearly those those games I just mentioned against the Mid-Ulster clubs are, are, are more valuable in a way because they're the teams predicted to be in and around you uh, our record before last week was probably the worst out of the bottom four, four or five teams no against each other so I try to emphasise how important that result was last week. You know, um, and they've already done Gannon in the first half of the route standing last week, and, and they could have nicked an equaliser in the last minute, to be honest with you. But for us to go one down and then to come back to 3 1 and get a reaction after what was said at half time was huge. And you know, they, they are the games that we that we would like to get more points in. And like I said previously, if we had I picked up one or two more results at home against the teams around us, then we'd be sitting really really pretty in the league and um, listen that shows how far we've come and if people can, if people are disappointed because we're not winning games we don't expect to win every game we play in we, we aspire to win every game we play in but we don't expect to win every game we play in but what I will say is that you know, that shows how the progress we're having and the fact that we, I think we are affecting our own success because people now believe that we should be winning them games and but football's not like that, and, uh, and I'm, I'm, I'm not. I've been in long. I've been in long time now in football, and I'm, I understand that you just can't turn up and get results. Because some people are saying, you know, Carrick Rangers, they're heading in the direction here. They're they're going to be the the new Glenavon, you know, that that team that just keeps getting seventh at least, and that's where they should be, aiming for the top of the bottom half. Uh, I'm sure as a manager, you want to brush off pressure like that. But what would you say to anybody with that kind of mindset? Yeah, but uh, listen, I, I I want to get better. Of course, I do. I want. I want, I want I want to pick the club as far as I can, you know what I mean? But um, you, you, I can look at Gary. Gary, when his manager going to have him finish seventh every season, I think, the last five, six years or whatever. And, and, and Gary's out of a job, you know. So, listen, it, it is it is what it is. I'm trying to improve the place. I think we've got we've got a decent 11. I need, I need more quality players to try and compete more and more with, with the teams above us. And, but all I'm trying to do is try to keep on trying to improve slowly but surely, you know, and, and try and get as many points as we can. And listen, if people expect us to do that sort of thing, then it means that we are improving because they definitely didn't say that when I first took the job two years ago. That is very true. Um, obviously, the big news out this week, Carrick Rangers, and I'm reading from the website, thrilled to announce a pioneering strategic alliance with USA-based fan-owned club. Um, I'm not quite sure what this alliance means. You're tapping into America. Um, are, are we about to see an influx of stars from across the world? What's happening? <laughs> no, to be honest with you, mate, oh, I, don't, I don't know too much about myself. Um, there's been a, a statement from a club, and obviously the chairman will be able to fend more questions off about that, but yeah, it's just another commercial um, package or a commercial thing that the club's done, and and, and listen, I'll let the club deal with that and, and, and talk more about that because, if I'm being honest, I don't know too much about it. Okay, fair enough. Uh, you you talk about trying to bolster the squad. Um, does that mean you have an eye on January already? 
Yeah, we, we, yeah, we have. You know, we, we're actively looking. You know, we, we, we've been in conversation with people when we're trying to improve the places already. But that's my job. Like I say, I, I, I have to get better in. I have to keep on trying to improve and kick on. The players know that everything's everything gets looked at. You know, why wouldn't I want to try and and improve my team and, and get hungry hungrier players? And if you do, you bring in more then players know they have the upper game and I think that's what's happened you know, I still have a real nucleus of the squad that I had when I first took over and if I'm adding one or two you, every transfer window or whatever or, or changing one or two in and one or two out then that obviously adds the quality and not only that then it improves the quality that I already have and I, and I think you can see the difference in some of the players that, that have been with me the last two three years and the, and the levels that they are and the levels that they're performing at now because it, ha- it has been a gradual improvement Give us a wee clue that the, the new signing's going to be called Rhymes with what? <laughs> You're trying to get me into trouble here, mate. <laughs> <laughs> just, just curious is all. Uh, <laughs> Stuart, great to have you on the programme as ever and uh, look, continue best wishes for the season. Listen, thanks very much for having me again, Michael. The Score with Michael Clark. Oh, that was another busy one, wasn't it? Uh, great to have our guests on the programme. My thanks to Stuart King and Rodney McAree. We also had Keith Bailey on the show and Northern Ireland internationals. Dion Charles, Dale Taylor and Dan Ballard. Best of luck to Northern Ireland in their remaining games against Finland and Denmark, which uh, I'm working at. So, yes, this was lovingly prepared a little earlier this week, but uh, sure. Never you worry. All that's important is that you enjoyed yourself and you enjoy your weekend of sport. Bye-bye.